0: Hello there, you're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today
1: we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We're also going to be doing a cinema showdown, and this time we'll be arguing what is the worst live-action Disney remake. And to help us do that, we have two guests. We have Brandon Siebert and Caleb Jones joining the show for the first time. Thank you guys for coming on.
2: Yeah, of course. It's a pleasure to be on.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for having us.
1: Let's jump into the news where it is official. HBO Max is now Max. How could they have done it? Also, they also changed the user interface a little bit. They also changed the color from purple to blue. Are you shitting me? I am not. That's what if they I pull did. Up, if I pull up Max right now, it'll look like that. Yeah. It's blue. Oh, damn it. it is atrocious. What the might- user interface thing, though, that's what it really ticks me off, too. The hubs, they changed where that is. They changed them to brands, which is just so disgusting. Talk about... Hubs uh, is so much better. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Talk about in-game capitalism. That's a little yeah, foreshadowing brands. for later on. Um, so the, the hubs, yeah, are now brands, which is disgusting to look at and think about and see. But then also just the minor changes they make for no reason to the way the shows are... The outlook of the shows, like when you click on them, instead of it being, you know, how it was, um, like four or five across, and then they would start yeah. going down in like columns. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't do that anymore. It's just one single row, and then you have to scroll through that row to get to wherever you need. Oh, to Oh, to.
0: so it's it's like Netflix but
1: horizontal. Yes, that's and atrocious. Disgusting because I loved just being able to see like in one one screen yeah most of all the different episodes and everything like that It was better when it was a grid exactly yeah it was the yeah. grid approach and that was so much better is now. it
0: still like the season is a horizontal yes that seems like too much horizontal
1: yeah right so for what is already a horizontal screen <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying but so imagine if it's a 22 episode season something like that and you're trying to scroll all the way to the 22nd one now you have to click your analog stick or have to hold it down for however long to get to the end of it whereas in the grid you just, you just four clicks down. you're right yeah. there so could, it's it's like working along, along a keyboard like you're just going across a grid exactly that sucks. So that's, that's disgusting it also makes it more difficult if you click on the episode like the thumbnail yeah. and now it now takes you straight into that episode instead of taking you to that next screen where you could look at the details oh, restart what? it yeah you have to go to a different okay. thing and click the to click them and like look down. at the director and the writer. Exactly. Now you have to do a whole other thing to click that. Why, Max? Why? It's so stupid. I hate it. Big dumb. That sucks. It, it's like impressive how, again, they make the worst possible choices ever. Um, and very fitting that Succession is ending this upcoming week. The series finale is happening. I'm so we'll, excited. Of course, do an episode. How on far that. are you in, Ryan? Next week, I'm on season four. We will do. You're on season four. All about that, yes, sir. You see, you finished season three without me. I did. I know you said that one thing, but we. I had, to watch her. I had to catch up. It was crazy. I mean, we'll talk about it right after the, the, we finish recording this. But yeah, it was absolutely hilarious to think about what the Succession writers would do with the characters for like Waster Royko having them talk about renaming a streaming service and all the stupid things that would be said during that meeting. Because um, it seems like the Warner Brothers Discovery board meeting just took all those stupid things and decided to implement it. The yeah. name change, we've gone over how atrocious and stupid that is. But then same thing with just every change they made to the UI. It is so stupid and pointless. It makes no sense. It's awful. We will also, or at least I will... <laughs> Be saying HBO Max until eternity. We do not yeah. recognize Max as the name change. That's so stupid. Not oh, my, my friend, streaming Max, service. My friend Max. Like, come on. We're not going to talk about Max. It's going to be HBO Max on this NBA show. Max. So, Long live HBO. That's what I'm saying. It will but rain yes. overall. <laughs> uh, we can also news, about you talk bastard. about the <laughs> <laughs> truck you over trying to get to that next one. But yeah, the Cannes Film Festival. Let's talk a little bit about some of the films that have been screening there. Killers of the Flower Moon, Asteroid City, Indiana Jones Five—all these big ones that are coming out. Elemental, I think, supposed to be like towards the end of the ceremony mm-hmm. um, of the festival. So all those are coming out. Some are getting rave reviews, like Killers of the Flower Moon. Love to see Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Indiana Jones Five. A oh, little gosh. bit more mixed. Oh yeah, not not great uh, for Indiana Jones fans to hear about that. Keeping so, my hopes up. I'm still I'm still hopeful. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it is like the critics psycho go to can. So may not yeah. be reflective of the whole critic population. But then also, again, the audience may um, be endeared to it in a way the critics might not. So we'll have to see how it like turns a out.
0: temple of doom. Yeah, it might be like a temple of doom. Exactly. You no, know? I like temple of doom. But anyway, Killers of the Flower Moon is apparently getting rave reviews. I'm very excited. I keep getting more and more excited. Trailer comes out, looks great. Critics love it. People love it. I mean, God, three and a half hours
1: long. God, it's going to
0: be so fucking good. It's going to be so fucking
1: good. It will be. That'll be fantastic. And then Asteroid City is also getting a lot of love. So shout out to Yay. you and all the other Wes Anderson fans out there. Thank God. <laughs> As always. Uh, now to talk about some indies and smaller films to look out for coming out of the Cannes Film Festival. Zone of Interest is a film centered around the Holocaust of like the family of the head of Auschwitz who lives right outside the camp. Um, So that seems to be a very heavy emotional film but getting extremely rave reviews. Monster is another film that's been getting a lot of praise. It's a film about a mother who sees her young son behaving strangely and she feels there's something wrong. She discovers that a teacher is responsible, so she storms into school to figure out what's going on. And as the story unfolds, the truth gradually emerges about what's wrong with the son. So compelling little premise there. Scary. Uh, some sort of mystery thriller going on. Possibly it turned into horror. I still don't know quite yet. So that might be scary. But yeah, it's a Japanese film. So another one to look out for. Club Zero is one I've heard that's getting much more polarized responses uh but it's about the this like camp basically where the instructor is trying to get all these um young women to overcome eating disorders or something like that or she's basically trying to get them all to just stop eating period um in order to stop with like eating issues so you can imagine how that has like a social commentary angle and whatnot So that seems pretty interesting. And again, the fact that it has very polarized responses, I think compels me. The Anatomy of a Fall is a film, a a trial film about a wife whose husband fell off a cliff or so we think. Was he pushed? Did something else happen? That's what the trial is trying to get to the bottom of. So apparently that's a very well-written courtroom drama. The interesting twist.
0: Is that the son is the only witness, and so he's polarized by by what to do. He has a moral dilemma. Ooh, is that you looked up the anatomy of a whole thing? It looks awesome. It looks so. I mean, I love courtroom stuff. It's obviously a reference to Anatomy of a Murder, and I just
1: I'm excited for it. I love courtroom things. I love it. Nice. Me too. So that'll be something to be on my radar. And then May, December, which is a film starring Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore, premise 20 years after their notorious tabloid romance Nation: A married couple with a large age gap disparity buckles under the pressure when an actress arrives to do research for a film about their past. So pretty compelling stuff there. Obviously going to be digging into the uh, age gap discourse. that has been very prominent in Mm -hmm. recent times. Um, but Natalie Portman, Julianne Moore, coming here, possibly giving some awards level performances. We'll have to see. So that's another one that I'm very intrigued by. Yeah. Sandra Huller is in
0: two of these movies. She's in Anatomy of a Fall and Zone of Interest.
1: Wow. Good, Good year for for her. She's having
0: a hell of a time at Cannes. Absolutely. Man, man. Man, but all of these sound
1: very interesting. I'm I'm particularly interested in Zone of Interest, Monster, and Anatomy of a Fall. What about you? I'm interested in, I think, Zone of Interest, and Anatomy Fall in May, December. Again, Monster, I still need to fully understand if that's a little bit leaning into horror too much. I don't know. I mean, it sounds you like it's got I, premise.
0: But... I love Eastern Asian cinema. You know me. I just... <laughs> you sure do.
1: Yeah. So, so you can in, see the first. Korean, Vietnamese, I mean, I'll watch it. I'll, I just love those movies. Yeah. So you can see that first and then let me know how that goes. But then also, I again, will. Club Zero, I'm interested just because it it's very compelling. And so I'm like, yeah. what is... Driving people apart on their opinions on that. Those are definitely the ones to look out for. One of them may be crowned the winner with the palm door. So Ooh, we'll announce that. Exciting. Whenever it happens. Yeah.
0: Let's do our box office breakdown for May nineteenth to the twenty first. Coming in first place, Fast X with slightly underwhelming sixty seven million domestically, but it is an overseas juggernaut. It made like what over three hundred million worldwide in this opening weekend.
1: Yep, three hundred twenty million. So. Woohoo. That's definitely going to be relying on overseas markets for it because sure. yeah, 67 million coming in under F9 during the pandemic 2021. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty underwhelming, but overseas yeah. killing it for sure. People love the family and the fast <laughs> cars. Way. So, absolutely, Guardians Volume 3 with 32 million, yet another 47% drop. So, that's doing very well for itself. 265 million domestic, 650 million worldwide so far.
0: Super Mario Bros. 9.6 million. That brings his domestic total to 550. That is a really good number domestically.
1: Mm-hmm. Book Club, the next chapter, 3 million. Evil Dead Rise, 2.4 million. John Wick, chapter 4, still hanging around, getting over 1 million week to week with 1.3 million. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, 1.3 million. Hypnotic, 815,000. Love Again, 410,000. And rounding out the top 10. With a very low 405,000. It is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. It was able to hold on for yet another week in the top 10. Yay. So, now for our box office predictions for May 26th to 28th, which is also Memorial Day weekend, we have The Little Mermaid, which, of course, that is why we're doing the Cinema Showdown on live action Disney remakes. The newest one is hitting the multiplex. Can you see this one getting over 100 million? It seems like that's where things are headed for the three day for the three day yeah yeah for the four days certainly will. but for the three day yeah i think it it'll probably get over 115 million that's what i'll say it seems like the buzz is ramping up for it yeah i agree all right then let's now jump to our cinema showdown bum bum bum
0: All right, we're going to go ahead and get into our cinema showdown now. We are going to be debating what is the worst live-action Disney remake that exists. I will be the judge, as I have seen none of them, but I have seen all of the original films that they're based on, so there is a very easy way to appeal to my senses about what I think will be the worst out of all of these movies. The way we're going to do this, going through our timeline, everyone is going to have one-minute opening statements. After everybody has their turn, we're going to do a 25-minute moderated debate with a possible 10-minute extension, depending on whether or not we can get our thoughts wrapped up in that 25 minutes, then I will take 10 minutes to ask questions to specific members in the competition. And they will have the opportunity to answer my questions. And then each person will have a two minute closing statement to sort of wrap up their ideas and give their final thoughts and try and convince me one last time to vote for their movies. And then I will make my decision. So spoilers are going to be permissible. If you haven't seen these movies and you don't want to be spoiled, go watch the movies first, then come back. I do not care if I get spoiled because I do not care about these movies. <laughs> now, let's reveal who's going to be doing what movie. I do not know what the what the uh, movies are. I do not know what you guys picked. I don't know what you're voting for. This is the first time that I'm hearing this. So, Caleb, you go first. What are you going to be arguing for?
2: I'm going to be arguing for uh, the 2019 Dumbo remake by Tim Burton.
0: Perfect. And Brandon? I am arguing
3: that the 2022 Pinocchio is the worst Disney live-action
0: remake. I hear that's a good choice. Ryan, and you? Should come as no
1: surprise. It's no surprise. I know what it's going to be. Can I guess? You know it, yeah. Is it The Lion King? Absolutely. I knew it would the be. 2019 Lion King remake is the worst. And That's what I'll I be arguing. Be. I knew you'd be arguing for The Lion King. It's his favorite movie.
2: Yes. Yeah, yeah that tracks. I was <laughs> also that none of these movies are good by any means. Oh, no. Dear nope. listener.
0: <laughs> for sure. For sure. Now, I'm going to go ahead and be taking notes throughout this whole thing. So I'm going to mute myself for the most part. We're going to start with the opening statements, which are each going to be one minute. Caleb, you get to go first. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. You go.
2: OK, so this Dumbo remake fails in about three areas, uh, which I'll probably elaborate on later. But number one. It opens in World War I with uh, the main character of the movie losing his arm and one of his friends in the World War I battlefront before eventually going to run a rinky-dink circus where he uh, finds Dumbo. Um, it also doesn't have Timothy Q. Mouse, one of the best characters from the original. And I think probably the worst uh, aspect of this movie is that the entire original movie takes place within the first 10 minutes of this film. Almost the entire original story is told in the first 10 minutes and they just skim through it so that they can get to the main characters that uh, were created for this. Um, So they kind of turned the original Dumbo story, this coming of age, you know, young animal story to a family drama featuring Dumbo. I think that's the most uh, the most egregious thing this movie could have done.
0: All right. Thank you, Caleb. Now we're going to move on to Brandon to give his opening statements on Pinocchio. Whatever you're ready. All right, so the
3: 1940 original Pinocchio, I think, is one of the most succinct and uh, to the point kind of morality tales about uh, coming of age and the excess and overindulgence that one can find in life, and and howing how to follow your conscience with uh, empathy. However, the remake. Uh, seems to completely misunderstand this and almost on every level uh, just completely strips away Pinocchio's agency, doesn't really understand these themes at all and instead is more focused on creating a spectacle, an often ugly visual mess of a spectacle. Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) Perfect, perfect. Now, Ryan... You get to do your opening statements for The Lion
1: King. All right. And I'm going now. So we're talking about worst remake. I'm looking at it not just as the worst film on its own, like as a film in and of itself, but as the worst in its relationship to the original. And I feel like the 2019 Lion King is so disrespectful to the original because more than anything else, it fails to justify its own existence beyond just being a cash grab. Yes, all the Disney ones are cash grabs, but this one more so than Mm -hmm. any other, because it makes no effort to add anything new or distinct. It just takes what was a perfectly good story in the original, and then it makes a far inferior version by botching the storytelling at every single turn. The main selling point of this new one is the CGI technology of making the photorealistic animals. But that one gets old very fast. And two, it's actively detrimental to the film and to the story itself because it destroys the emotion that the characters are capable of conveying. And... It strips away all the fun and vibrant style of the cartoon animation style. So it's a soulless, pale imitation of the original film that only serves to remind you that you're not watching the original. So it's the worst remake. Mm.
0: Very, very to the point, Ryan. Very, very good work. Now we're going to go ahead and move on to our 25-minute moderated debate with the possible 10-minute extension. I'll let you know if we're going to do that 10-minute extension. You guys can talk about whatever you want, and I will simply sit here and listen
1: silently. So whenever you guys are ready, start getting into it. I would right. also like to point out, just as another thing. So it is funny that we're arguing the worst live action remake because it could be argued that <laughs> The Lion King is not a live action remake since it's just entirely digitally animated. But I would say, yeah. once again, that's another like con to this film is that it doesn't even make the most of being live action, at least in the mm-hmm. Pinocchio film and in the Dumbo film. There are real-life human actors that are there. And so it's at least distinct from the original animation because you have human beings that are performing and embodying characters. The live-action Lion King doesn't have that. There's no humans at all. So it's just these animals. So once again, it begs the question of why does this exist? There's nothing new going on. there. There's nothing unique about it being live-action other than just the CGI technology thing, which, again, we've seen CGI animals in so many other places. What is the point of building an entire film around that? There's nothing. There's no creative reason, artistic reason mm-hmm. that is driving it. It's just a soulless cash grab and it should not exist. So that's another yeah. point I wanted to make clear. At least your guys' films, there's human beings that you can watch. There's also likable actors in your films that you can watch. In the Pinocchio yeah. one, Tom Hanks, Geppetto. In Dumbo, you got Michael Keaton. You got Danny DeVito. Like, come on, you got on, I Fremont. add. Come on.
2: Yeah, which might I add, I was shocked. I didn't know about the casting going into this. I I saw (laughs) Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton on the same screen, and it wasn't a Batman remake. I know. I was (laughs) shocked. It also doesn't help that uh, the Dumbo live action remake, much like The Lion King, does so much of the original movie, but less. I think that's the biggest issue with these live action remakes. But especially with Dumbo, one of the biggest things about Dumbo for me as a kid was you have this giant larger than life circus like, you know, you have these giant tents, you have these larger than life props, you have all these colors and popping. Tim Burton really takes the life out of it somehow, which usually Tim Burton's great with making things feel uncanny. He's great with making things feel, you know, unique, like I actually was a fan of his Alice in Wonderland movie, um, just in how it looked visually. The Dumbo movie, the circus looks rinky dink. It looks terrible rundown and i understand that's all to feed into his main character being like defeated and to draw a parallel between dumbo and his own kids um in and of and himself even since he's you know injured as well like there's a lot of weird thematic stuff going on but most of all the set dressing it was all gray and monotone-esque like dumbo every time he was on stage he felt like the biggest thing in the circus which the whole point of the original was that he was the smallest thing in the circus he was an underdog this one dumbo actually has a lot of power over the story that undercuts the the message of the original that he was this kidnapped kid separated from his mom who wanted to go back
3: well see the the big thing for me is that while i don't think those movies are successful in what they're trying to do i do think that each respective filmmaker is really trying a different angle you know especially with lion king absolutely not quite continue but, your thought but they're really trying something with pinocchio it's literally just a retread with you know 20 30s or so minutes tacked on it's just extending certain sequences like the no strings on me or like the pleasure island and making them worse so for me it's like just completely bankrupt and you can tell because disney knew it was going to fail they just threw it on disney plus didn't even try to get it into the theaters uh it just it just literally takes everything how it was and makes it worse everything in the remake is misses the point completely instead of pinocchio having his own agency and choosing to kind of uh uh, commit debauchery at Pleasure Island and give in to all these things. The movie just makes that sequence longer, but gives it less punch and makes him like just basically a victim throughout the story, not making yeah. any choices. So
2: I agree. A common theme with these live action remakes is Disney toning down all the bad parts. Like, yeah, the whole point of the original Pinocchio is that Pinocchio went to Pleasure Island right. and he engaged in these illicit activities, and that's what turned him into a donkey. Like, you know, he made choices that affected the story. Exactly. Same thing with The Lion King. The Lion King pulls its punches so much, and so does Dumbo. Like, it's a general... I haven't seen the new Little Mermaid. I was going to pick that, but I hadn't seen it yet, so I do not <laughs> want to put all my eggs in that basket. But, yeah, that's a very common theme with these live-action remakes, is just pulling out that soul of the original.
1: That's very true. But I'd like to point out, at least Pinocchio, you have Robert Zemeckis as the director, Right i mean forrest gump back to the future pastway contact great films tim burton as well i mean you even pointed out the keaton devito you know bring them back together that batman mm. team so these are visionary directors that have very interesting films in their catalog they have clear distinct styles and i have not seen dumbo or pinocchio i honestly i was like i'll do some research on them but i'm not going to watch those films for this but what i know at least just from seeing the trailers and what i can imagine from these directors taking the helm is that they do have their style included in these films. Like it may not be entirely successful. I don't doubt that, you know, does fail Mm -hmm. in many ways and it's certainly not their peak work, but you can see the imprint of Zemeckis. You can see the imprint of Burton in the Lion King. There is no directorial (laughs) vision whatsoever. You could ask anyone to like watch this and be like, who do you think would be the director for it? And they would have no idea. Where to even begin guessing because there's no imprint that Favreau actually made on this the only reason yeah. he was chosen was because he did the jungle book a few years prior but then what mm-hmm. did he actually do what was his intention with this nothing all it was was about let's make it photorealistic but they didn't yeah. do anything creative anything new they didn't expand on anything with Dumbo you brought it up multiple times, Caleb. Like there's these new characters that are introduced and it's mm-hmm. a lot more about this family drama. It's like an hour longer than the original Dumbo. Yeah, That is additive. They're actually trying to bring new stuff to the story and reimagine it and give it new depth, create new things. Again, maybe it doesn't all work, but at least there's an attempt there to go above and beyond and be creative. Same thing with Pinogi. You so said there's like 30 minutes added. There's different things. I know at least that there were a couple new characters added. I know with Geppetto, like his motivation in the original one, it was never like actually confirmed whether or not Pinocchio was like meant to be a replacement for his dead son. In this one, in the new one with the twenty twenty two one, they do actually like emphasize that that Geppetto lost his family and so he's trying to create a replacement out of Pinocchio. Yeah, so that adds more emotional depth to it. The Lion King adds nothing new. Like talking about a retread, it is legitimately just a retread. It's yeah, so it's see- shot for shot in many cases too, and so yeah. it's just like completely creatively bankrupt there's no originality there's no attempt to do anything new and so all you're left with is just a far worse version with cgi photorealism that doesn't allow you to connect with the characters at all because there's no expressiveness on their face there's no emotion there so you don't care as much you're not as interested in the narrative and you also know where everything's going because they don't change anything they don't add anything new it's all the same so you're like why am i watching this when i could just be watching the original at least your guys's remakes there's something new there they made an attempt to go above and beyond and there's actual directorial vision behind it for the lion king remake there's none of that it's pointless
2: yeah the lion king remake i think added one new thing that i noticed when i was watching it the new thing they added was nala having a female hyena rival that she mm. clashed with on three occasions that mm. was a really weird plot line i felt like i was like well, number one oh props to nala she's one of the best characters in the original you know definitely bring her up but it ties back to this thing that the live actions do where they add a little bit of something new, but they take away so much of what made the movie special, it doesn't bring anything in. Like with Dumbo, Dumbo actually does have a really emotional scene. It does have, you know, this signature touch of Tim Burton where you can tell it's a Tim Burton movie. Um, and But it at least has a scene where Dumbo is leaving his mother. And that scene's very emotional. I've heard it upset a lot of people, but they rush through it. It's almost like the difference between watching a kindergarten play of the Lion King and be like, <laughs> wow, they're really bushering this. Like they, they're just going through the motions mm-hmm. and then watching someone come forward and be like, this is the new Dumbo. You know, the old Dumbo isn't fit for, you know, kids to see anymore. You know, this is the new vision. And it's watching someone take one of your favorite beloved movies, cut it open and shove a story in there that you, it looks like Tim Burton had a movie you want to tell about a world war one veteran that he couldn't get funding for So he cut open the carcass of Dumbo and shoved this story into it and animated this movie through this family he's obviously want to tell a story about. But he sacrificed the spirit of a beloved classic movie that I grew up on in order to move this message to the audience. And that's what really got me ticked off by the end of the movie.
3: I think that's that's a really fair point, because like like, for instance, with Lion King, you know, at the (laughs) the photorealism really does not work it really does not work it drags yeah. everything down it makes it worse no doubt so true but at least like like you said in a lot of places it is a shot for shot so clearly mm-hmm. there is a lot of reverence for the original there there is a you know a at least a sense of trying to maintain that spirit and with dumbo i would argue that yeah they went too too far the other way and then Pinocchio is in this weird middle ground where it's like they're not willing enough to make any kind of bold significant artistic changes mm-hmm. and they they really clearly Zemeckis to me doesn't have any kind of reverence for the original. Yeah. I would like to point out too I think this is just a great encapsulation of just the state of these Disney remakes and just just endgame capitalism like uh it's so so gross there's about a 30 second scene in in, of just geppetto's clocks and all of the different yeah they're
2: all disney stuff
3: all cgi are just disney references it's here's donald duck here's sleeping beauty here's dumbo here's the lion king look at all this other stuff look at this stuff we're just trying to sell you a product it's just so transparent to me just uh So the other greedy. thing
2: that really sucked about Pinocchio, because I watched this movie more recently <laughs> than the others. And let me say, I watched Pinocchio and it felt like they took the original movie and all they did was make it less without adding anything of significance. Yes. Unlike with Dumbo, where, yeah, there's, you know, Tim Burton's vision. You have great, right. class actors, even if they're not given great lines. Um, with the Pinocchio movie, I was outraged because I recently watched Guimel de Toro's Pinocchio before that one and that one has an incredible vision to it. It's mm-hmm. retelling the story in a haunting way. It's actually going over a grieving father trying to replace his son. In this in this live action remake, it felt like nothing more than Disney trying to take away Thunder. It feels like they literally rushed out a crappy Pinocchio product to sacrifice the name of Pinocchio in the hopes that they could keep it one day in 50 years they may make another one and try to steal glory from Guillermo de Toro. Like that's what got me <laughs> mad about that one. <laughs>
1: Right about that, I did want to point out um, with that Pinocchio thing in particular. Yeah, there were three Pinocchio films that came out in twenty twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> which is wild to think about. <laughs> but to your point, there, the Disney one I don't think was rushed out in order just to steal the thunder, because apparently that was in the works for a long time. Like at one point, mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson was attached to a, a I Disney heard about Pinocchio that, yeah. thing, so it was in the works for a long time, and then it was uh, ultimately Zemeckis who came in. And again, that's another credit to, I think, the idea of like, at least Pinocchio has an artistic vision behind it. There were many of these renowned directors that wanted to get their hands on a Pinocchio story. We see that as well with like Del Toro. He wanted to create his own version of it too. So there's something about that story that does attract these directors to come in and try and create something new and interesting with it. It's obvious. I mean, there's no comparison. that Like Del Toro was far better. Like his version, his vision of it was mm-hmm. far superior. But I don't think, that means that like Zemeckis just because he did a swing and a miss means it was like such a cynical attempt at like trying to take away the thunder from the other ones. I think he just failed, but there was an attempt there to bring life to the story in a new way. And I think the fact that, yeah, there are so many attempts to reimagine this story um, showcases that. Unlike, again, The Lion King, which came out very recently, like it was 25 years after the original that they did that um, remake. It still Mm -hmm. holds up incredibly well. Like the animation is still incredible, all that stuff. And it's Disney's property. Like Pinocchio is some story that was written in the 1880s. And so they did an adaptation of it, but it was never like a Disney thing. So other people were Mm -hmm. able to come in and reimagine that story. The Lion King was a Disney story, the peak of the Disney Renaissance. Mm -hmm. And it was 25 years after the original. And they decided to do a remake for that. Not because they wanted to update the story in any way. Because Pinocchio and Dumbo, they're both 1940s film. I think mm-hmm. there is something to be said about like the artistic merit of updating a story from that long ago and seeing like, okay, yeah. what about um, modern storytellers and how they would approach the same sort of concept and same sort of story and the themes attached to it. With Lion King, again, that was completely unnecessary. It's a very recent film. It holds up incredibly well. And then they didn't even try to change any of it. They just did yeah. CGI Except technology. all to- the songs. That too, that was another thing I'm getting to. I'm glad you bring that up. They cut out some of the songs, so they add nothing uh, of import or interest to the story or anything like that. They don't try and expand it, but they do butcher the songs. Circle of Life, which I love, is so precious and near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they felt the need to change it. Actually, I do know why. They wanted just a re-recorded version so they could release that and get more money off of a second version of Circle of Life out there. But it Mm -hmm. is so incredibly worse. It suffers from that thing of, like the cursive singing or whatever it is where people are just doing all these runs just to do them just to show off and to Mm -hmm. make it like slightly different from the melody of the original, but it's far worse. There's no like meaning behind it. And again, just like from a sound level, like the music itself, they also, I think they took out like the drums in that song, like the percussiveness of it isn't there as much. So that is absolutely atrocious, but the worst offender is be prepared be prepared yeah, i gotta agree with that dude entirely <laughs> cut that out and he only speaks a few of the lines i'm like what yeah, are you dude, doing
2: and the worst part is the worst part about that he like hops from rock to rock and gets a little musical every time he says be prepared he'll be like just <laughs> talking giving a speech he'll hop on rock and go be prepared and then he'll go back to talking like normal like dude yeah be prepared is one of my favorite things i was Passionately mad in the theater whenever I saw that scene, I can, I cannot agree more than that. The song butchering, they shouldn't have. If he had not been musical at all and just maybe talked through the speech in a menacing way, okay, at least you know you're on theme. But the fact that he got a little musical just went like a third of the way there made me very mad about that particular scene.
3: They mm-hmm. did like, star really dirty. I gotta say, like he just. Yeah. I think he's fine but he just doesn't have that same passion that Jeremy Irons had in the original. Exactly.
1: Yeah. He loses all of the like charisma and flamboyance yeah. that makes yeah. Scar mm-hmm. like a villain that obviously is still a villain, and he's like evil, but you're interested in him like you you kind of like him because he has that charisma. With the Scar in the remake, there's no real reason to like him. He just comes off as like very obviously and plainly sinister and then Mufasa mm-hmm. and Simba and everyone else are just like going along with it i guess even though again he's like very clearly planning evil things to go down so yeah. that part of it just doesn't work and then it's the same for the rest of the voice acting for the remake like beyonce's in there she's not good at she all she that. cannot act as nala donald glover as well he was like asleep at the wheel for this which is so sad <laughs> but again he was like very muted and there was no like passion mind anything he was saying people like john Oliver yeah. and rogan and bill good but they're literally just doing themselves like they're not inviting yeah, the characters I they're just like, doing their like on the street your- stick john oliver's just doing his like last week tonight thing it's like these aren't <laughs> the characters they're just the actors themselves just speaking and then again it's like through the beak of a bird or through a warthog and it's it's so jarring to see again these voices are very recognizable and they're just doing their mm-hmm. own stick their own personality but then it's coming through these weird photorealistic animals and it's like it just doesn't work. All the deliveries are bad. And also, it must be said, it is kind of sad to say, but even with James Earl Jones, who they brought out, wheeled him in ninety years old or something to do the voice again. And it's very clear that like he's worse in the deliveries because he's so much older. And I don't know what kind of direction they were giving him, if they're just letting him do whatever, but it doesn't have the same passion, the same weight behind it. The power in his voice just isn't there. And I'm also pretty sure they like took some lines from the 94 version and snuck them in to the 2019 version which is once again another showcase of like you already had it perfect and you know you had it perfect and here you are trying to do just this soulless retread of it and you still can't even help yourselves to go back and steal from the original so again it's just it's such disrespect to know you have perfection on your hands but then you're wanting to mangle it bring it back in a new way but Entirely doing a disservice to it every step of the way. um, Yeah. In a version, it's just gross. It's disgusting. How could they do that to Lion King?
2: It's gross, especially with the Lion King. But one thing the Lion King at least does have is it has the characters from the original film in it. Dumbo, (laughs) egregiously. (laughs) Dumbo never had lines in the original, really. But he had other animals that spoke on his behalf and spoke to him. Not a single one. Not a single character from the beloved original series is in this movie, especially the mouse, which Timothy was my favorite character (laughs) in the original because he was like he felt like this scrappy like street kid who was just sticking up for this, you know, this orphan. And, you know, they cut that from the movie. He's not in it at all. And like you lose so much like that's the whole movie right there is Dumbo and Timothy almost from the original. You don't have him. not even a crappy, you know, oh, let's grab a random pop singer and have him voice this, you know, quirky mouse and, you know, hop around Dumbo and say pop culture references. You don't even have that. You know, on one hand, I'm glad because that would be even worse, I feel, <laughs> if they had a crappy version of Timothy Mouse. But the fact that he's not in it at all just goes to show that this isn't really a Dumbo movie. It's a movie featuring Dumbo, but he's, it's not about him. In fact, if you remove Dumbo from the story... In, uh you would lose some major set pieces, but the story itself wouldn't be all that affected. Like he doesn't have that much of an impact on this family um, as the movie wants you to believe. Like they, the movie tries to frame it like, oh my gosh, this Dumbo changed his family's life. But if you actually watched through it, you're like, wow, this family, this mom, this stepmom's decision to love her kids, you know, this, she, they make it seem like it was because of Dumbo or because Dumbo planned it from the way they shot it. Like, um, but, that's not it at all. If you removed him from the story, um, save for the final scene where he saves the family, like it wouldn't change anything about the story. Like That's what makes it even worse. It's like watching Dumbo from a different angle by a different director, but they're still saying it's about Dumbo, but Dumbo's re- Dumbo and none of its characters are in it.
1: How does uh, the film start in Dumbo? What's the opening? World War I. <laughs> the World War I? Yeah. What's <laughs> the, the ending for the 2019 Dumbo
2: uh dumbo and his mom going back to africa
1: there you go so at least it does (laughs) Finish with dumbo in his story again i haven't seen it so i can't speak too much to it but what it sounds like is again they took the story in new directions they added things to it like there's entirely new characters that are created there's a family and again i don't know what exactly it is but it seems like there's a connection between dumbo and that family and in some way they both like support each other and help each other out yeah so Dumbo there is, is like an emotional direction. rock for them and then the family helps dumbo escape and so at least that through line they well like they dumbo don't let him escape they captured. end up
2: releasing him they were his they were his captors and slavers
1: oh he's <laughs> the
2: ones responsible for ripping him out of his mother's arms uh <laughs> wow. which makes that connection even okay.
1: they had a, an emotional journey right and they decided oh dumbo's important and he's just like us and he should be free and then they decide to release them okay so at least there's a character arc there right they go through change and it's positive
2: yeah i agree there is some change and again it has an original vision like you were saying the lion king of pinocchio have no original vision that there's nothing new of substance or significance in those stories um like it's so bland and generic I had to go re-watch Guamel de Toro's because my brain was projecting moments from Guamel <laughs> de Toro. Onto, I was like, "Was it? oh wait, does anyone want spoilers for Guamel de Toro's Pinocchio? Have we all seen it?
3: I have not seen it. I have not, but go ahead if you want. Really I, I'm boy. sorry, I can't
2: spoil Whatever it. Whatever you gotta do. Some, oh, okay. Something <laughs> happens to Pinocchio in Italy related to World War II mm. where I could not believe my eyes and I genuinely thought that happened in the live action because of how generic it was. I watched them so closely. I was like, wait, was pinocchio politically assassinated in oh my <laughs> god <laughs> like <laughs> like was he the victim of political assassination like it was so generic my brain was trying to put interesting things from the other pinocchio movies on there like i also thought does he have a love interest and he kind of does which is this really weird thing where like this actress like lives through a puppet avatar but like flirts with pinocchio and like you know, kind of coaxes him into life. That's like, I'm not misremembering that. Am I, Brandon?
3: No, you're not. Like, that's just, that's just another example of just like, just such bizarre choices (laughs) that just make it This grown
2: woman flirting with Pinocchio through a puppet avatar?
3: Yes, and like, there's always been this kind of darkness behind Pinocchio and kind of creepiness, but not in that way. Not, not a predatory, uh, older woman you know tr- uh, trying to prey on Pinocchio type of way just yeah this that moment. was really weird
1: <laughs> that was really weird um yeah I can't speak to that I have no idea what <laughs> that is going on in there I was gonna say one of my points was like oh yeah they added a new character in there like kind of a love yeah. interest I did not know none of this about it, it was like yeah that's, woman that's where that's
2: from also uh you know to reiterate more about the Pinocchio live action the Pleasure Island they replaced the cigarettes and beer with root beer
3: yes exactly they made it, completely it. takes the, kids, the weight away
2: the kids aren't actually doing anything wrong on pleasure island for the most right. part they're just enjoying um, themselves no, they like, took away all the debauchery of it like yeah. you know back in the day eight ball used to be a really you know shady practice so when pinocchio is playing eight ball it was kind of edgy for its time uh when mm-hmm. he's drinking beer as a kid that's edgy for its time in this new live action remake you know he's he's doing he's going through the motions but none of it's edgy he's drinking root beer because it's sugary i suppose and they're smashing clocks like they're literally making they're not like breaking into houses and stealing clocks they're really like hey here's a clock smash it and they're like oh cool this is fun like a rage house like there's nothing <laughs> inherently wrong with what the kids are doing but pinocchio was outraged by it immediately yes, that's the thing yes, he doesn't he's engage horrified. he's yeah. immediately outraged and rejects the island Yes. And then it's revealed it's run by demons, shadow demons. And they're the ones who turn the kids into, into donkeys.
3: It, it t- completely takes away Pinocchio's agency, which is what the original yeah. is all about. It's about him making his own decisions and experiencing the consequences. Growing up, discovering that your actions have consequences. And mm-hmm. despite what you might want, hedonistically, choosing to do the right thing yeah (laughs) and in this he's just yeah he's like oh oh what's going on things are happening to me i'm not having any influence on the plot oh (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, Yeah. that was that was ridiculous also he has superpowers i I feel like that's worth noting he can run so fast he can run across the surface of water (laughs) and propel boats um he
1: pulls a dash
2: yeah they don't (laughs) explain this either like he just doesn't i think like
3: right and his nose growing is basically oh. depicted as a superpower it's to just yeah. help him get out of the cage that he's locked in whereas wants, in the yeah. original you know it's it's a product of his lying it's there's a visual representation of
1: of lying it's not here's a convenient superpower to get out of a cage and no, exactly then, yeah yeah about like, that um that thing there again you're bringing up some of those alterations that they made and again it seems like many of them don't actually work but at least they were trying to take things from a different angle. The whole thing of like not having the kids actually smoking or drinking beer. I mean, I think that's because if it's yeah. a live action thing, I think it's more different to like imply that kids are actually drinking. It's also like a PG Disney movie. So they're not going to go as hardcore as like yeah. what a, a Del Toro Pinocchio one is, where they're apparently assassinating Pinocchio or trying to. <laughs> that's crazy. But um, the other thing is that idea of like him using the nose. Um Kind of to his favor rather than it just being like, oh, a sign of him lying and being bad. I do think that's a compelling, again, like inverse of what you would expect and change to the original story. It's also one that apparently the del Toro Pinocchio does in a similar fashion of like him using the nose um, getting longer when he lies to his advantage. And then similarly, they try something new with the ending. They make it slightly more ambiguous of, you know, him being a good boy right but we don't necessarily see the transformation into a quote-unquote real boy because they're trying to send the message of like well do you need to be a quote-unquote real boy if you've already like shown yourself to be like a good boy and you're not lying and you're honest and truthful and all this stuff so it's like you don't need that transformation you already accomplished it just from your character being um morally upstanding which again is the thing they sort of do in the del toro pinocchio so i think it's notable that they do try and make creative changes here to make things new and interesting and separate from the original not all of them work some of them do seem to have similarities with Del Toro's pinocchio which was much um, better received on the whole but it's like okay the fact that there are parallels between some of the ways they try to interpret pinocchio's story in a new way i think speaks to the fact that it's not just them doing a boring soulless retread they were trying to spice things up it just didn't work all the time With Lion King, just to go back to that for another thing and harp on the photorealistic CGI, which it seems we're all in unanimous agreement is absolutely atrocious. Again, the whole thing of eliminating the character's ability to emote, meaning we can't connect with them on a deeper emotional level. And so we're just not invested in their struggle or interested in their arc or engaged in the narrative overall. That is bad enough. Again, it's like terribly egregious. But the other thing that the photorealistic CGI does which we talked about a little bit with the songs of like "Be Prepared." They stripped away the singing part of it, but they also stripped away the musical number part of it. Yeah, of they did. the green, uh, like lighting coming in to showcase the evil stuff. Right, that's like a Disney staple: the neon green lighting for evil villains, the Nazi mm-hmm. marching that the hyenas do, like all yeah, that creative, that stylistic stuff that makes it so engaging and interesting and fun. Um, and visually pleasing, all of that stuff is stripped away from all the musical numbers and just all the, like, more straightforward um, narrative beats in the film itself. Like, with the, the stampede, that is a great showcase of just how awful the photorealism is and how it prevents you from actually being able to connect with the characters. Because in no way, when you see the, like, stampede starting and uh, Simba looks up at it, He, in the remake, he doesn't look scared at all. Like it just looks like a normal, (laughs) real lion just looking at something. And you can't tell that there's fear or there's a sense of danger like washing over him. Whereas in the original, you can immediately see that, right? Because it has the exact expressiveness of a human, how that would happen. But then also the stylism of the cartoon animation, they actually use it to create visual storytelling, right? They allow us Mm. to see the emotions we should be feeling through the lighting and through the composition of the shots, they make the shading on like Simba's entire fur darker as the stampede starts. Because one, it's like sort of the dust is blocking out the sun, which is really mm-hmm. cool. But then it's also, again, like everything's getting darker. Like the sense of real danger has arrived. And that's exactly the emotion you would feel inside. Like everything just went dark and scary. So yeah. it's that sort of thing of that every single possible moment where you could use the lighting, or you could use facial expression, you could use composition, and the color, again, the rich color, the Mm -hmm. vibrance of the original, Mm -hmm. which is completely lacking in the remake. Also, dude, I don't know if you all noticed the natural world. It's so beautiful. It's amazing out there. Why does it look so ugly in the remake? Like, they try and do, oh, yeah, it's going to be, like, a real environment. It looks disgusting. It looks muddy, ugly, desaturated. Like, it doesn't look like how it would really look if you're watching a nature documentary of lions out yeah. there in the same Savannah. thing with the little so, mermaid
2: trailers that we were saying it's all their yeah, live like the are so desaturated it's yeah.
1: just so disgusting disappointing and again that's like so much of the beauty of that original one it's such a again it's like that shakespearean story um it should be so grand scale and everything cinematically should be servicing that including like the colors and the stylism that you have in there but in the remake none of that is actually in service of the story. Again, they just wanted to have the glorified tech demo of, ooh, can we do a nature documentary and have people watch it? And again, it's yeah. not even as good as a real nature documentary. It looks uglier than that. And then it doesn't even allow you to connect with the story. And again, that's what this is supposed to be. It's a film, and yet all the artistry is sucked out of it, leaving behind a hollow, pale imitation of the original. So there is nothing new to latch onto, nothing worthwhile to get invested in in the remake. All it is is just a reminder that you're not watching the original and then that makes you terribly sad. So, again, as horrible the swings and misses are maybe for Dumbo and Pinocchio, at least they swing for something new with The Lion King. Sadly, they don't. And it's just, it's shocking and disappointing and you hate to see it.
2: Yeah, it's, but I think the real kicker for this is with Disney live action remakes, I think... We have to decide what is more terrible. Is it something that was a nothing movie? A movie that did nothing but be a pale imitation of something else? Or a movie that took something in such a far different direction unsuccessfully that it became unrecognizable and its original themes were lost or butchered entirely? Or it's to the point where the stories now tell an exact opposite of what the original's told. So we mm-hmm. have to we have to you know, decide which one's worse.
1: Great. I would say I don't think Dumbo stretches so far as to where it's unrecognizable or that it uh, contradicts whatever the themes of the original are. And I would say that it is better if you're doing a remake. Again, the the hope is that there's some sort of artistic or creative pool that is making the, the writers or directors, whoever's getting attached to the project, that they want to come in and reimagine the story and either update it in a new way because it's a story that was very old, 80 years old, or because they just want to put a fresh spin on it and try something new with that story or with those themes or with those characters and put them in a new environment and see how that is. Um, I think that is infinitely better than just very blatantly and obviously stating that you can't make a better story because you don't try and change anything from it and you know it's perfect the way it is, but then you still use that same story to support again, what is basically just a tech demo of CGI technology. And that is mm-hmm. like the one main selling point, And it's just lifeless and there's nothing else to it. I think that is far more egregious and disrespectful to the original than saying, hey, there's something interesting about this story and these characters. And the way they told it eight years ago may not be how we might tell it now. Let's see what we can do. Let's see what new directions we can take it in. And again, with Del Toro, you see there's a successful way to bring Pinocchio to life. With the Dumbo thing, again, you said they didn't succeed, but at least you said there was an original vision there. You could see Tim Burton's imprint on it. They tried. They brought in new characters. They had a new family drama. They attempted to make something new. It just didn't work out, but it's still a valiant effort. They didn't make an effort with the Lion King remake. That's what's so patently Mm -hmm. obvious and so disgusting about it. It is simply just the retread, and it has no point. It has no merit. That's why it is the worst remake, in my opinion.
2: Okay, and well, I, think, I think we're out of time.
1: Oh, we have one minute, so you can throw oh, okay. your like last minute debate thoughts.
2: And then yeah, we'll go I was to just going to
1: say, I Pinocchio, I
3: think, is in the dead center of both of those kind of arguments, which which I think makes that the worst because there's not enough there to make it completely kind of in a new direction, kind of revolutionary with where do we take it, and there's not enough there from the original to really shine through and let you enjoy it in that way because it recontextualizes everything from the original in a worse way, in a you know just a weirder, more bizarre, less effective way. So it's just kind of in this terrible limbo state where it's not even like okay, you can kind of just just see lion the original Lion King through it, or I can enjoy this com- kind of completely new interpretation of Dumbo. It's just like the, you just don't want it to be on. You just want to turn it off. You don't, it's just in this horrible middle ground. (laughs)
1: Yeah. All right, Dylan, take us into the next round. That
0: was wonderful to listen to. What an exciting (laughs) 35 minutes. (laughs) Uh, But I'm glad to be back. I do have a ton of questions. I took two pages worth of notes. Just really fill this this thing up. (laughs) I am very excited to talk about your arguments with my, my final statements. but let's do the questions first. Uh, my first question is for uh, Brandon. Yes. You, I was just confused about one thing. You said that he uses his nose to uh get out of situations, but then in the original he was using it as a visual representation of him lying. In the new one, does he still lie to grow his nose? Like he still has to lie?
3: Yeah, so he still has to lie. But the big thing about the original is that, you know, it's, it's a it's representation of those consequences in that you know like you're becoming less of a real Mm -hmm. boy which is the whole thing the whole premise um when you compromise your your integrity and and in the new one nobody even Jiminy Cricket's like yeah whatever you know I guess we got to do it to get out of this situation it's okay you know his representation of his conscience Mm -hmm. and it's basically just kind of brushed off as you know if you if you kind of need to lie it's
0: okay we got to just use this as a convenience. So it's just okay. really the way that they use it. Mm-hmm. Okay. My next question is going to be for Caleb. Mm-hmm. Which do you think is worse, The Lion King or Pinocchio? <laughs> of the two mm-hmm. movies that you didn't talk about, or of the, the two movies that weren't yours, which one do you think is worse?
2: Yeah. Um, it's a toughie because it kind of comes down again to what's worse, a pale imitation or. Mm-hmm you know, in egregious retreading of Ooh. the original story. Personally, I would say Pinocchio because I'm a very story driven uh, viewer. And whenever I saw Pinocchio, I was like, this movie has no theme. It goes, it takes all the messages of the original and walks straight against them. Okay. Like, it's like, so, so you know, you're, agreeing.
0: you're agreeing Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, Ryan, this one's for you. Have you seen Jon Favreau's jungle book? <laughs> I have not. Okay. <laughs> that ends my line of questioning for you <laughs> that ends the line of questioning okay. <laughs> i'm going to go back to brandon real quick what yeah. is the cgi quality in pinocchio because i've heard a lot from uh ryan about his cgi quality but i haven't heard much about the pinocchio one. i've only seen a few stills of it what would you argue the quality is like oh it's it's horrible it, okay.
3: it's really uncanny and in, yeah completely kind of just just purely like uh, just ugly not even you know they went for a specific style and it went wrong it's it's clear that it has the lowest budget of the three. It shows, Jiminy Cricket looks like a kind of a shriveled cabbage.
0: So no. Okay, so I have a, a, another question to ask you. Who plays the the woman that inhabits the body of the doll that seduces Pinocchio? Who plays that character? The actress. Yeah, oh, I'm God, just I got curious
2: it. for research purposes. <laughs> just I just need to I don't know. Remember, I just don't remember. <laughs> so I I want, right. I want, I'll, I'll look it up real quick. I want Forget to know
0: it. which actress read the script and was pitched that storyline and said, "Yes, I'll play that character." Yeah, I don't. That's, you, I just. Wanna, I need to know. Yes. which <laughs> famous right, I'm, actress? I'm looking
2: it up. I don't think she was famous. She was a fairly new face to me.
0: Oh, okay. In that case, in that case, I'll leave it alone because if it's not something famous. You okay. got to do what you got to do. to said, get a I'll job. take what I can get. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Zoe Kravitz. Oh, god. <laughs> that was- uh, oh,
2: I didn't <laughs> realize it, that.
1: No, it's not. It, it would no, be no, funny. No, to- that would be hilarious. Oh.
2: Though. oh, never mind. Okay. I thought you were being serious. <laughs> no, um- I,
0: can, I can move on to my next question. So, I want to go one by one and have you guys say one good thing about each movie. Something that you you're like about say each
2: movie. <laughs> so, a
3: great Ryan,
1: question. let's start with you. Uh, So I haven't seen their movie, so I don't know. But you're saying... No, like, no, about movie, your own. What's a good own. thing we would say so about like our own Only movie? about your uh, own. So, yeah, about The Lion King. Uh, I would say they did slightly extend the part where um Timon and Pumbaa are singing The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> the way they had a bunch of other animals start joining in as they were mm-hmm. doing it. And then the animals were making sounds that like added on to the rhythm of The Lion Sleeps Tonight. But that that yeah. was a good uh a thing that they did okay
3: uh brandon you i think tom hanks looks like he's really having fun you know despite the material but uh you know he he really goes for it and i appreciate
0: that (laughs) okay and caleb
2: okay um it's kind of hard i think there are actually a few redeeming qualities in the movie i'd say the number one is uh they really don't shy away from darkness within the film Mm. There's a okay. lot of things where if you're an adult, you watch it and you're like, "Whoa, are they really insinuating that they're about to do this to another human being?" And then you're like, "Oh, they really are." So I think that's an interesting quality. All
0: right. And now uh, I do a follow-up question with what you said, Brandon, about Tom yeah. Hanks. Is he good in the movie? Is Tom Hanks actually? Good?
2: <laughs> There's a Tom reason Hanks.
3: I focused on his enjoyment of it. I don't think he's very good at all. I think he's <sighs> so just I think he's doing a little too much. I mean, he's just such a likable guy in real Mm -hmm. life that, you know, you can't help but just enjoy it on that level. But no, I don't think he's doing very good. I think he does too much, whereas the original Geppetto is, you know, he's quirky, but he's not, like, Mm -hmm. bumbling and all like Tom Hanks is in the remake. I think it's too much. Okay.
0: Now... Brandon or Caleb going back to you about Dumbo (laughs) you talked a lot about how it's very drab and very uh, not super stylistic which is odd to me because it is Tim Burton Yeah, I I was under the presumption that there would be some kind of Tim Burton is there no saving grace for Tim Burton's like style in this film
2: there is some his style is present through the film but oddly in what popped out to me was that for some reason for the, all the circus stuff, it's all grayer and mono, more monotone mm-hmm. than Tim Burton's usually working with. Not a lot of bright colors.
0: Mm. That is very disappointing. Ryan, I just want a clarification. You've never seen Dumbo or Pinocchio?
1: I've seen the originals, not the remakes. Not
0: the remakes? That's what yeah. I was asking. Okay, interesting. You also said that there was very little stylism in your film. There's no saving grace for John Favreau?
1: no again he actively <laughs> at every turn makes the choice to strip away the stylism because he wants to be as photorealistic as possible so he wants you to be like oh these are real animals going around doing these things but then it's like they're walking around and singing mm-hmm. and so none of it actually makes sense it's like this weird uncanny valley of the it's the one thing and just can't wait to be king which also again all the stylism there this surrealism of like the colors is stripped away but yeah. like at the end and they're all belting out the note right it's like all the animals in the and nala and simba belting out but they have the lions they just open their mouth slightly they're like that as they're supposed to be belting out this huge note and it's mm-hmm. like they're trying to be quote-unquote realistic but like that looks so goofy yeah. and they don't lean into any of the style that would like bring to life the musical uh numbers so it's like mm-hmm. there, are truly is No stylism to be found there because he didn't want there to be. He wanted to be a nature doc. And it's like
0: dude. It makes me sad. Because that song is one of the more one of the most stylistic moments of the entire exactly. And it's absolutely gutted. There's nothing. That is sad. I'm gonna hop back to Caleb real quick. You said that Dumbo has too much power in the film, which undercuts Mm -hmm. the the idea that he is like supposed to be powerless and and a slave. Can you elaborate on that a bit more? Is he just like the centerpiece of the circus?
2: He is. He's the whole reason the circus is successful. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the reason the family starts to get back together. He's the reason they get out of debt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, he's, you know, it's exactly that. Rather than being a poor orphan, he's almost this supernatural creature that's a gift to the family, mm-hmm. clashing with the fact that they are the ones who kidnapped him.
0: But Tim Burton doesn't shy away from the darkness of the film. Like, I know you yeah. talked about a character losing an arm in World War One in the very mm-hmm. beginning of the movie, but... In what way does Dumbo's storyline still maintain some of those darker qualities from the original?
2: He doesn't shy away from the tearing away of Dumbo from his mother, I Mm. think. Um, That scene is actually pretty powerful. Um, The only issue is it's a bit undercut whenever they kind of have their reunion and they kind of brush over the details of how that happened.
0: And now I want to hop back to Braden real quick before I run out of time. On the other side of the spectrum, you said Pinocchio has no power, almost virtually no agency, that things are right. just happening to him, particularly in the, uh, what was it, the Pleasure Island sequence where he's yes. drinking root beer, and then he gets turned into a... So he, just clarify that story beat for me. He gets turned into a donkey by ghosts? Was that what you right.
3: said? The, and they said
1: they were demons or something? The demons, yeah. That
3: yeah. It, it just, again, it's, it's the whole... It, it takes away the the. It's like it adds just even more layers to remove Pinocchio from his actions, creating consequences. And it, that that's just the the really the big thing is that yeah, every moment that they have thematically, um, to really drive home the mm. the same points as the the original, it's just it's undercut. It's mm. it's just adding, just adding more. And taking away so much emotional impact.
0: Okay, so I did want to hop on one thing you said. You used a phrase I liked: "Endgame capitalism" in reference <laughs> to, to this Pinocchio remake. So, yes. and, and you referenced specifically the thirty second scene of clocks with Disney references to it. Are there any other examples of this movie sacrificing story for uh, Disney capitalism? Like any other? Because <sighs> obviously, these are all cash grabs. But I yeah. imagine it's hard to do that in The Lion King and Dumbo, where in The Lion King, it's in the middle of Africa. <laughs> and then Dumbo, you're in
1: World War I, uh sort of It's crazy. Of they snuck in. Timon was actually holding a Disney Fast Pass. In it was amazing. <laughs> oh.
0: So So, yeah, could you elaborate on that, Brandon? Just more examples of the endgame capitalism that it's, it's showing off. I mean, there's. I don't think there's anything, at
3: least that I – peeped out that was that it's as obvious as that but Mm. it's it's more just like for instance we were talking about earlier just kind of you know casting relevant celebrities and and i think that is 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 really relevant to the pinocchio remake and is that the casting doesn't feel like oh we cast these people because you know uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be great as Jiminy Cricket. They're just like, oh, that's a name. We, we'll get him in there. Just mm-hmm. just that kind of thinking that I think really underlines the Pinocchio remake. That is just so like, they just clearly did not care. Yeah. I don't think Zemeckis cared at all. Okay. I don't see any kind of,
0: yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I, could, I would make the argument that for Lion King and Dumbo both it feels like they did put a little more thought into casting than what you've talked about for Pinocchio, other than maybe did you know, they? Tom Hanks. I would
1: I would say the Tom Hanks-Zemeckis connection, obviously. Tom Hanks, obviously. Like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Joseph like Gordon-Levitt, I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but he's not, like, a name like Beyonce. They definitely threw Beyonce in there just because yeah. she's huge and she'll get to sing a song for us, and that's why we have her in there. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you don't know. That man maybe loves <laughs> Pinocchio and, like, audition yeah. was like, Zemeckis, put me in this thing. Like, I that's what I mentioned more. He's not a big also- enough name to do that. Oh, Keegan Michael right. Key, right? It was right. Keegan Michael Key yeah, yeah. He yeah. was great in that. Uh, so I heard. I didn't, see, but apparently he was one of the better parts. We are going to go ahead and move
0: on to our closing statements. It's going to be two minutes each. We are going to go in reverse order from the opening statements. So I believe Ryan, you are first.
1: All right. So are you timing me, or am I going to time I'm myself? I'm timing are you. Ready? Go. All right. So again, it comes down, I think, to the fundamental disagreement of what is worse out of a remake: is it just going to be a soulless retread of what the original did? while botching the storytelling at every possible turn to make it a far inferior version or something where they take creative liberties and they try and take the story in new directions and they have some swings, but they turn out to be misses. Obviously all the remakes here aren't good, but the one that made no attempt to try and be better or try and be new or try and be distinct or have any sort of vision attached to it from either the directors that obviously have clear styles from their past work um, or to try and put a new spin for a new generation of these 80-year-old films. The only one that didn't do that is the Lion King remake. And once again, it's just they're taking what was a beautiful story that was brought to life by lovingly crafted, hand-drawn 2D animation that had so much style and personality and color and vibrance to it They strip all of that away so they can have a glorified tech demo, a photorealistic CGI that eliminates the expressiveness of the characters, prevents us as the audience from being able to connect with them and engage in the narrative overall. And it also completely makes it devoid of any of the magic, right? It takes out all the style, again, all that personality, all the camp, all the fun, like any opportunity they had to be creative and to make something fun and engaging and enjoyable, they destroy it to be in service of the CGI photorealism, which ultimately is detrimental to the story itself because they're not able to connect with those characters. There's no stylism for the film that's left over. All the songs are gutted and ripped apart just so they could have another version of the single to release to make more money. Again, Be Prepared is gutted. Just can't wait to be king. There's no style in that number. All the theatricality and creativity of the musical numbers are stripped apart. All the voice acting is atrocious because they don't care. They're not actually invested in it. All of it is just a soulless, creatively bankrupt retread of the original. And all it does is remind you that you're not watching the original. There's no reason to watch this remake instead of going back and revisiting the masterpiece that is 1994, The Lion King. Powerful
0: stuff, Ryan. Powerful stuff. Now, Brandon, you get to go ahead and go next.
1: All
3: right. So something that I've kind of concluded throughout this discussion is that I really think that The Lion King and... Dumbo we're trying to find new audiences right through major creative reinterpretation or you know the whole technical aspect of the Lion King whereas with the Pinocchio remake it like I've said it's just this limbo state it it's just banking on your on your nostalgia it's purely a nostalgia grab just banking on the magic of the original and every opportunity it has during the crucial scenes whether it's like the skipping school scene or Pleasure Island, like we talked about, it just fumbles. It completely removes that same emotional impact that the original had and just adds even more visual decadence and not anything that's actually pleasing, but just, just excess, which is what the movie itself is kind of railing against or it's supposed to. Um, so I just think it's kind of this Horrible middle ground that really doesn't commit to either side. And clearly Disney didn't believe in it. Just threw it on Disney Plus and it really shows.
0: All right. Thank you so much. alright We're going to move on to our final closing statement from Caleb. Go ahead.
2: The Dumbo remake is a trap baited with honey. They promise you a new view on Dumbo. They promise you a Tim Burton movie. And what you get is none of it. You don't get a story about Dumbo. You don't get a true Tim Burton film. You get something that tries to be many things at once and yet fails egregiously at all of them. It's painful to watch someone who is a master at his work swing for the fences and not give any effort into the actual contact with the ball. Um, It's painful to watch. It gets you into the theaters with many many promises of good things. And you start it and you feel that there was at some point an imagining of a story. And then at another point, they simply said, let's start shooting and moved forward with no plan and no vision for how these characters would come uh, full circle through their arcs.
0: All right, thank you, Caleb. Now I'm going to move on to my judgment phase. Now this is actually going to take quite a while because i want to talk about your okay. arguments for a little bit before i make my ultimate decision
1: exciting first of all i just want to say before yeah. you do that great job guys yeah great this job coming been, on yeah. for your first cinema showdown doing that that was great this, is, this awesome. has been exhilarating i have very much enjoyed
0: judging i do not often get a chance to judge because i've seen at least a little bit of a lot of different various franchises and so i'm very mm-hmm. glad that i finally after two years of doing these cinema showdowns have an opportunity to judge and i i am proud of myself for going all in and i'm very yeah. excited to talk about your arguments so let's start with ryan with the lion king Indeed. uh i i do enjoy that your very first bit was to talk about how it's not even live action it's just straight <laughs> cgi which is just another exactly. exactly <laughs> form of animation and i wrote uh he knows me because i know you know <laughs> that that's why I, <laughs> you do know me because you know that that's why i didn't go and see it originally was because my whole distaste for it was that it is not live action it is just different animation mm-hmm. uh the next thing you said, the next thing you argued about was the fact that there's a lack of stylism because John Favreau is not a very stylistic director. And on top of that, he didn't put in any effort to engage in any stylism. And I repeated, he knows me because, you know, for sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm the kind of guy who likes a very stylistic filmmaker who really swings for the fences. And you, you definitely uh, piled on top of that for sure. Oh, yes. Uh, I like that you repeated what, uh, Brandon had said earlier about it being a retread because Brandon had referred to Pinocchio being a retread and you piled on top of that by saying that your film was a true retread and then argued that on top of your on top of your argument. And then you moved on to an argument about it being too recent. I thought that that was a bit of a weaker argument, but fortunately you did not stay in that for much longer because Caleb transitioned into uh, the, the music which was a big part of your argument. There's no drums in Circle of Life. They cut out, be prepared. And on top of that, the voice acting itself and the singing itself did not stand out. You said cursive singing. That's something I hate. <laughs> and you know that. So you're definitely piling on just like facts, this, this, and this. This is why you don't like it on top of this. Like, like you were definitely appealing to me, which I appreciate as someone who has the advantage of knowing me personally and being able to, to talk about that stuff. Uh, You talk about the the animation having no emoting from the lions, which I thought was a strong point. Another reason I didn't go and see the movie originally when it came out is I thought the animation would not stand out as vividly as the original animation. You talked about a lack of vibrance, which I really liked. You talked about no visual storytelling in reference to like the hyenas marching like Nazis or the green animation for the evilness of Be Prepared. I really like that. There was a point where you made an argument about Dumbo, where you said Dumbo didn't feel like a kind of story. I'm trying to remember the argument because I didn't write it that specifically, but you made a point about Dumbo and about the story of Dumbo. I did? Yes, you did. Okay. And, and my
1: my comment was, he's never seen Dumbo, though, the remake. Well, right. I was saying, I don't remember what I said exactly, but I was saying, like just from what I'm hearing, I was probably just saying something like, oh, it seems like they were trying to do something new. I was maybe was it no that's not what it was at all or whatever no no that's not what it was at all you made a comment about Dumbo's story (laughs) yeah I haven't seen the story
0: itself and I, and and I was confused and I said but he's never seen Dumbo and I was hoping. Caleb, you would jump on him about that, but you didn't. And I was <laughs> ah God, what a good what a good point that would have made. And then my Scroll last through. comment for you, Ryan, was at the very end, you really dogpiled in those last three minutes. I, I know I sent out a three minutes left message in the chat, and you used up probably two and a half of those minutes to really finish out your argument. Yeah.
1: You gotta clog the speaking floor, you know? For sure, for sure.
0: Now we're going to move on to uh, Caleb with Dumbo. You started out talking about the, the, that Dumbo has too much power, which I thought was a good argument. If that's a movie about him being enslaved in the circus society. How, what is the point of him having too much power in this situation? Uh, mm-hmm. At some point, someone mentioned that it was an hour longer than the original Dumbo, which sounds atrocious. Uh, no. the, my biggest complaint with your arguments was that it did seem like from time to time you would help out with the arguments of the other movies. You would, yeah. make, you would make comments about why Lion King was really bad. And you'd make comments about why Pinocchio was really bad. And you were actually helping them quite a bit. Like, a lot of my notes on the other movies <laughs> were points that you had made and not points that the other people had made.
2: So, so yeah. To be that, fair, dear listener, I originally wanted to argue for Pinocchio. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So... That that's why I asked the question: Which do you think was worse, Lion King or Pinocchio? Because at this point, I did want your very valuable opinion, and you did say Pinocchio, which uh, does affect my decision in in one way or another. It does it does add points to Pinocchio. Uh, you did make a really good argument. You said that Lion King was more like a kindergarten production of Lion King, whereas you know you it's just a straight up remake shot for shot, but it's done poorly. Mm-hmm. and i thought that was a very good argument to, to make against lion king because at that point because you said uh that that it was a kindergarten play and then dumbo was a story shoved into a story like they shoved yes. a world war one story into the carcass of dumbo and i thought mm-hmm. that, that was a very good point to make i like that a lot uh then you started arguing for pinocchio and that didn't help <laughs> <laughs> and, then went, and then you went back to arguing for lion king right afterward. <laughs> Uh, Then you made the the point that it cuts a lot of the characters out, a lot of his animal friends. I thought that Mm -hmm. was a good point to make. Uh, And then the best argument you made that I wish you had piled on more was that you could Mm -hmm. remove Dumbo from the story. This has to do with the story shoved into a story. You could remove Dumbo from the story, and it wouldn't affect what was going on at all. I thought that was a really good argument to make, and I wish you had uh, piled onto it more. Mm
2: -hmm. And then you
0: started going back and – saying that it does have original you would you would recant things and be like it does have an original vision it does have a bit of stylism mm-hmm. to it it's still tim burton and that kind of weakened the argument a little bit yeah and then you brought up a good point at the end that i wish had been talked about a lot earlier which was what yeah. is worse unoriginality or butchering a story and i wish you that's when ryan dogpiled right at the end as he <laughs> hopped on that the film comment. Because well, I knew, sure, I was like, "That's a strong point." So let me, yeah. uh, let me and get in there. For sure, filibustered <laughs> on that, but you did mm-hmm. get a point at the end to to talk about it a little bit. And I just wish you had had more of an opportunity to really talk about how much Dumbo got butchered in comparison to the original. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, you had a lot of very strong, uh, vivid imagery in your argument, which I thought helped a lot. And I really enjoyed your closing statement when you talked about it being uh, a trap baited with honey. Mm -hmm. And that Tim Burton was swinging for the fences with no effort to contact the ball. Those are very, very good. I really like that a lot. Thank you. Finally, we have Brandon with Pinocchio. The first thing you mentioned was that it was a retread, which was something Ryan piled on later. But I do think it was a good argument to start with. Uh, at the beginning, your argument was a little bit vague. It was a little bit like, it is a bad movie. This is bad. <laughs> but then you you very quickly, because my next comment was immediately getting better, because you immediately got into specific details about why Pinocchio was bad, Pinocchio not having any agency. And then you specifically cited scenes in the uh, Pleasure Island sequence about why he has no agency that I thought were really good. You started attacking the Lion King and saying that it was a movie that had reverence for the original, which was a really good uh, thing to say. It, it, even if it is a shop for shot remake, it does have some kind of uh, like reverence for that original movie, whereas Pinocchio was more of uh, just changing things too much. You, right. I did talk about already how much I liked endgame capitalism and the talk about the <laughs> clock shots that I think is truly atrocious and I really do hate it. And then your strongest argument to me was when you started talking about they had already mentioned that um lion king was a shot for shot and that dumbo swang for swung for the fences and went way too far and you made the argument that it was somewhere in the middle in the worst way possible and i thought that was your strongest mm. argument to make there and then you started talking about the order woman praying on pinocchio that was another strong argument to make That's a, <laughs> very very atrocious uh, you talked about no vice in pleasure island which definitely defeats the purpose of that sequence even being there i mean if they're just drinking root beer and playing pool Mm -hmm. what's or breaking clocks what's even the point Mm -hmm. um you hit on no consequences being a really strong argument for the movie when the original movie was all about adhering to consequences and accepting responsibility of consequences uh and you argue you then you went back to talking about it being the center of the two like being in this awkward limbo state between the two and it, that it's not enough in a new direction, but still recontextualizes the story. I thought that was a very, very strong argument. Mm-hmm. And then in your uh, in your end statements, your closing statements, you talked about uh, how it removes the emotional impact of the original, but adds visual excess. I like that, like sort of like taking these puzzle pieces and taking one out and putting a worse one in to replace it. I thought that was a good way to to talk about it. And you said that it was a nostalgia grab, which is something that I think the other two also probably have a hand in for sure. But I think Pinocchio, from the way you argument argued it, was definitely the worst of the bunch in terms of just trying to get an older audience to rewatch Pinocchio. It, it, it felt to me, from the way you were arguing it, that it didn't seem like the kind of movie that was trying to appeal to newer audiences or to younger audiences that it was older people who w- liked Robert Simekis and Tom Hanks and liked the original Pinocchio story and wanted right. to watch a new version, which <laughs> sounds horrible to me. Like, what is the point of making a remake if you're not trying to appeal to a newer audience? Yes. So I think that was all very good arguments. In total, I think you all made very, very good arguments. I think you all worked really hard on this. And I think you, I was definitely felt myself going back and forth between all the movies. I will also say though, uh, about 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the debate, I did decide that I was not going to vote for Dumbo. I mm-hmm. think the arguments were just too much scattered in terms of you started to argue for Pinocchio and for Lion King. And you're making yeah. good arguments, and then you started shouting out compliments for Dumbo. So it didn't feel like your heart <laughs> was – I did make a note, can't vote for Dumbo. just just, it felt like your heart wasn't completely in it for dumbo but i feel like you did make a lot of good arguments and i liked the visual way you made comments about the movie it definitely stuck you use a lot of visual language that stuck in my head for sure which Mm -hmm. is a good way to argue more than the other two for sure yeah Uh, ryan you certainly dogpiled a lot here with lion (laughs) king you you knew what you were going to say and you said it and you are a very good debater i would argue and uh Caleb or Brandon, I wish you had had more uh, time to speak. I feel like you probably got dogged out a little bit by the other two guys, but when you did have the opportunity to talk, you made very concise and very strong arguments for Pinocchio being the worst. I'm going to make my decision.
2: Okay, and I am
0: I am pretty confident that this is the right one to go with. I think the worst live action Disney remake based on what you guys have told me based on the notes I've taken and based on my own impressions is Pinocchio.
3: Let's go. Mm. (laughs) All right. Now
0: now I want to, I want to say why Ryan, you had me, you had me for so much of it. I kept going back and forth between the two, but you had me more like percentage wise, more of the time, Mm -hmm. probably because you were talking a lot, (laughs) but you were making really, really strong arguments for Lion King that were definitely coming straight at me too. Like (laughs) like definitely carved for me individually, personally. Right. But Brandon coming in as a person who doesn't know me and still being able to make the argument that it is uh, a movie that is relying on nostalgia while also taking elements of the older story and replacing them and effectively killing the theme of the original story just makes it so abhorrent to watch. And then on top of that, the questions that I had asked regarding, um, the CGI quality and the quality of Tom Hanks's performance just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Him saying that it definitely had the worst budget out of them. Because, I mean, at this point, if you're watching a live-action remake, part of the reason you're watching it is for the CGI quality. And you did say, Ryan, that the CGI quality was bad, but the things you said about it were that it was a lack of vibrance and that the characters weren't emoting well. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and I've seen stills, and I'm pretty sure you would argue that the CGI itself is of good quality. It's just ill-fitting. Yeah. And I think what's more egregious than that is just really shitty CGI <laughs> and And I think that is the argument that was being made for Pinocchio. I think there was a lot to do with just that theme of Pinocchio dealing with consequences, getting just nullified completely while still maintaining an original like the same story. Like, how could you tell the same story but then kill the themes in it that right. that seemed horrible to me. Like I just mm-hmm. would not enjoy watching it. And I feel like the Lion King from what you said, it still hits those themes. It just doesn't do it in an effective way because the storytelling is so much worse. It seemed like that was the argument you were making. And so they were neck and neck, really, really neck and neck. But I think there's just nothing worse to me than watching the same story, but then killing those themes. It just seemed just egregious to me. So I I have to go with Pinocchio. All right, I'll take it. Thank you.
2: That makes sense. I think it was quite easy to tell my my heart was not fully in <laughs> a killing bit, Dumbo, yeah. because at the end of the day, I think there are many. I take I try to take a good thing away from every movie I watch, mm. especially a Tim Burton movie. It's hard For not sure. to walk away from it feeling like you learned something. But yeah, it's uh it's still pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. As with it feels the most terrible part of debating these is. Trying to build up the other ones to seem a little better. <laughs> <than> <laughs> they, maybe they really are.
3: Right. Yeah, I gotta be honest. I mean, I I think the Lion King is just as bad as Pinocchio. Mm-hmm. If I'm being a hundred percent honest <laughs> with myself, like just in I'm different sure it is, yeah. ways. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that's something none of you guys did that I think would have been an interesting argument, would be to try hyping up the other person's movies. Mm-hmm. that i feel like you all were on the same page that they're all so <laughs> horrible and there's no redeeming qualities but if if one of you had started being like no nah, the lion king does this and this that i liked or like pinocchio has these moments that would have been an interesting argument to make it would have been it would have been impossible for ryan to do that he hadn't seen the movies but- <laughs> yeah i didn't see yeah. those
1: i mean i tried a little bit where i was like oh it sounds like they're doing something they gave like an arc to the family you did with do that. And that, i, so I did I enjoy like, that part yeah yeah. And that definitely that
0: definitely was a, a hit on Dumbo for sure. was talking about those, like pointing out those story arcs that are being given to the characters. But then Caleb would be able to come back and be like, yeah, but they didn't actually do it well, you know, because cause he's seen the movie and he's he knows what he's talking about. He, yeah. So that's he, he
1: why I, that I always prefaced it of like, I haven't seen them. So, you know, it does sound like <laughs> yeah. they failed on these <laughs> accounts. So I was like, at least they try it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it's yeah. also
2: interesting because debate is a new format for me. Mm-hmm. I'm usually used to uh, public speaking like through Toastmasters. So mm-hmm. this was an interesting mm-hmm. format because there were times where I was like, Wait, does Ryan really think that? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> he right, pulled right. Me. I was like, there's there's no way he actually thinks that about Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: True. Yeah. You yeah. gotta sometimes you do, you gotta just like hype things up or frame sure. things yeah. in yeah, a way right, where it's like, right. I don't really believe this, but I'm like, mm, Right. Anything for making your message stronger and weakening the other <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Ryan's nose was definitely growing a little bit. <laughs> True, <laughs> uh, but it so didn't help him get out of jam, right? So, Dylan, you're saying, yes, that um, what was the exact thing? You were like the watching the same story, but with the themes being it was destroyed, it was the, that was the, the thing
0: the the visual representation that he did at the end where you are removing the emotional impact of the story and adding visual excess that 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 is, was the kill shot. That was yeah. the one that did it. That's not necessarily the kill shot, but that was the best way to sum up the whole of the argument that
1: I thought brought it just slightly above yours. Interesting. Cool. I would have thought the visual excess would have been like, oh, at least that means there's some style there.
0: No. It's an interesting That's, way to frame it. The argument he made, was because he had already said the CGI was bad. I think the argument he was making here is that the visual excess was so atrocious that why would you even add it in the first place? It's removing mm. a good thing and putting in a bad thing in its place. And the the constant use of that throughout the movie
1: that just brought it down and down and down for me. Right. True. So now you're going to watch, uh, i to watch Pinocchio Pinocchio. <laughs> All right.
0: Clock soldier. Yeah. You're going to love have, it. God damn. I can't wait to get to those clock shots. How, I mean, oh, you won't have to wait. It's early on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is.
2: They, they do some inception. Uh,
0: wait, It's a Robert's. Wait, it's thirty seconds of
3: clocks, and it's in the beginning of the movie. It's a well. It's combined runtime thirty seconds. They're they're close to each other, but all the shots together. It's not just. But yeah, sure, yes,
0: thirty seconds of clocks. Is it a Back to the Future reference? Because they do that shit in the first movie of Back to the Future, where it's just a bunch of clocks, Mm -hmm. thirty seconds.
3: Well, I mean, and that I think adds even more to the. Look, well, each reference—it's a thing you know. You know, Whoa.
0: I guess. Ew. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's up with that? Someone got to <laughs> talk to Robert Zemeckis about that. Too. <laughs> he loves his clocks, man. He loves his oh. clocks. Right. Yeah. All right. Any other final comments about the debate? Did you guys have fun. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty
2: fun. Yeah, absolutely. I had, I
0: had a blast judging. This has been absolutely thrilling. We need to find another one, Ryan, where I can judge. Yeah. I don't know. What it, it was is. hard
2: picking my because I was the last one to pick my uh, my live action remake. Um. It was hard because I was looking through the whole catalog and I was like, dang, there's actually something I like about Aladdin. I actually kind of <laughs> like the live-action Aladdin. Yeah. Um, and th- there was something true for all of them. There was just some redeeming quality. But mm-hmm. I think the two that stood atop the pile were definitely Lion King and Pinocchio.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have heard constant atrocious things about Lion King from Ryan, and so I'm not
1: surprised. That somebody- <laughs>
0: Ryan, were you the first to pick?
1: Yeah. Well, okay, I picked yeah. it just because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch any of the other live-action ones so i was like, like let me just your, Lion King,
0: absolute abhorrence of
1: it and i mean yes i love the original it. and the remake just absolute travesty yeah. yeah desecration of the original yeah
0: it was i will say it was very very close it was very very close i kept going back and forth constantly throughout the air so i was like well ryan's right i do hate all of these several <laughs> specific things about the lion gang and then and then brandon would say something about pinocchio that i'm like God, that just sounds. So garbage. Like the older woman praying on Pinocchio, that whole line, the the reversal of the Pleasure Island sequence of them just drinking root beer. Yeah. It just kept getting worse. It just felt more like, like when I think about The Lion King, they're both cash grabs. Yeah. But when I think about The Lion King remake, I think about how it is, in essence, like a shot for shot remake, but where they cut out some things that we liked. And it just feels more like, I don't know. It feels like more like effort because you you did say it's a CGI like showcase. It felt like they had put some effort into it to just showcase good CGI. But Pinocchio, there was just no redeeming quality of like they did it for this. It just felt like Robert Zemeckis was paid a lot of money and Tom Hanks was paid a lot of money, and they oh, made. Yeah. That's like that's like what I heard from it. Like just not a yeah. single good thing about it, and that just yeah. bummed me out. And I just know I would I would feel that watching it, and I would hate it at the very but least now you are you are gonna feel that and you're gonna hate it but <laughs> what I, what I feel like i feel like if i watch the lion king i would feel at least the passion of the CGI artists, like trying their best mm-hmm. to like make good cgi but I, I feel like when i watch pinocchio i will feel like nothing no passion.
2: Yeah. you watch lion king you're like dang that's a lion
0: yes i don't know right. if he's the
2: king but it's <laughs> yeah. certainly a lion <laughs> yeah.
0: and there are no lions in pinocchio and that is not no. a voting yeah all right, well, I think that's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at pod at gmail.com.
1: Our, t- our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on every podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next
0: week. Thank you so much to Caleb and Brandon for coming out and being a part of the debate. It was Ton of fun, and I, I had an absolute blast. This was, this is amazing. I love judging. This is fantastic. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I took so many notes. it's just been just an absolute pleasure for me. I, I, I like debating too, but I always lose most of the time. I, just, I had so much fun. This is so much more fun. Um, yeah.
2: Have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you guys too. It was a pleasure being on. Thanks for having me.